Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Get ready to cut through the noise and discover the true forces behind what drives the stock market. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Game. All right, let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond, and of course, author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. And and by the way, you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Andy. Appreciate it. A lot of volatility, a lot of action in the market. Uh, it's been five, six weeks since we've last spoke. I just would love to get your take on things where we're at right now uh, with stocks and financial markets. Sure. It, it, as you mentioned, it's been a kind of a crazy time. Uh, in large part, yes, there's, you know, there seems to be military strife in every corner of the world, but what has been the, the, the most difficult for the stock market has been this just rapid acceleration in interest rates or higher rates moving higher here in the last two months. And that's really been a, a considerable headwind for stocks. And and just, just to review, you know, and we talk about this ad nauseum on here, there's, you know, the three main drivers of the market are interest rates, inflation, and corporate profits. And the reason interest rates are so important is that they, they in effect, price the attractiveness of alternatives to stocks. In other words, you know, if you can get 5% on your cash, which you can get right now, that makes it, uh, you have to, it makes a decision whether you want to go into stocks and then, and endure that volatility or just keep your money in cash and make 5%. It's a harder decision to make. And thus a lot of people decide to keep their money in cash and they'll put into stocks. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty big headwind for the market. So, that is really where we've been. It's not so much the absolute level of 5%. There have been many times in, in market history when stocks have done just fine with you know interest rates in the 5% range. It's just the, the rapidity that we have gotten here has been disconcerting for investors because it implies that this, this acceleration is going to continue. And, and if it does, it's going to be a significant headwind for stocks. Now, we can talk about whether we're we're near the peak or what we think we're near the peak or whatever but you know right now this market is really being driven to a to a large extent on on fears of 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 rates and until that that fear either subsides or there's greater clarity that perhaps we are near a near term peak it's going to be a struggle for the market here uh, the good news is that you know from a Dow theory perspective 
you know, we have gotten a, a, a correction in here, uh, and we are at a level where you would expect to start to see a bottoming, if not a bottom, and a pretty nice rebound happening. And, you know, we are also moving into a seasonally, typically a strong period for the stock market. And when you look at a number of sentiment indicators, uh, you know, people hate stocks right now, which contrarily tends to be a positive sign. So there, there are some positive reasons out there to expect that, that, that you know, this two-day rally that we've seen so far this week can carry over. But, you know, the, the key is going to continue to be interest rates, and uh, we'll see how that is. I'm kind of in the school where I think, you know, we if we're not there, we're very close to, to an important peak in rates. And, and if that is the case, then I think there's a, a reason to be reasonably optimistic about stocks going forward here. Dow theory bullish, as you mentioned, hitting into a, a seasonal period that has a tendency to be a little stronger. And then you know how I am, as in markets and life, being a contrarian, you know, I, I love that take. So I see a lot of good things for the market. We're going to talk about the market, Dow theory and all that. But one thing I want to go back to, because you kind of teased at the beginning of this conversation, you talked about one of the three components. We've talked the three drivers of the stock market. And I, I, I've learned this directly from Chuck. Interest rates, inflation, corporate profits. Chuck, you just mentioned interest rates being a big headwind here. Just wanted to have you hit on those other two and just talk about these three things are really the true drivers of the stock market. We just talked interest rates, hit on inflation and corporate profits, and explain why this is. Sure. Inflation is, is important because inflation in many, in many ways determines the, the earnings multiples. In other words, the multiples that, that investors are willing to pay on a company's earnings. And the reason inflation matters in that is that if you think about it, what is inflation? Inflation basically erodes the present value of future cash flows. In other words, it, the, the, the investors, especially growth investors, buy companies based on future growth in those cash flows. Now, if those cash flows are, are being discounted or eroded by higher levels of inflation, you're going to pay less for those cash flows today than you would if there was, you know, very low inflation. Because if there was low inflation, those future cash flows are going to maintain their value and they're not going to be eroded by inflation. So higher inflation means that investors are going to pay less for the company's earnings. And in other words, the earnings multiple is going to be lower or the PE ratio is going to be lower. So instead of a company, say, being worth 15 times its earnings in a high inflationary environment, investors may only be willing to pay 10 times those earnings. In a low inflationary period, they may be willing to pay more than 15 times the earnings uh, because those future earnings are going to uh, continue to retain their value. So in, in effect, you have interest rates, pricey attractiveness of alternatives to stocks. Inflation impacts the multiple that investors are willing to pay for earnings. And then, of course, corporate earnings are the earnings side of things, obviously. Higher earnings uh, generally translates to higher stock prices, especially in a low inflationary environment where those rising earnings streams investors are valuing with higher multiples. And it works you know, in reverse. If you're in a period where corporate earnings overall are falling, 
that typically leads to falling stock prices, and that can especially be the case if you have lower corporate profits in a high inflationary environment where you have earnings falling and investors are willing to pay less for those earnings. And that, that in effect, Andy, is that, that awful term stagflation, which gets thrown around a lot, but a lot of people don't realize what that means. Basically, what it means is in a stagflationary environment, you have lower earnings, higher inflation, which translates, and if you have it in a high interest rate environment, where there are other alternatives to stocks, that is as bad as it gets for the stock market. I don't think we're in that type of environment, um, but there are folks out there that do fear that that could be the case. So th those are why those three engines make all the difference. You know, notice I didn't say anything about a war in the Middle East or <laughs> yep. political divisiveness in, uh, you know, in, in our government. All those are uh, non-factors, even concerned about a government shutdown. All these other things are noise. The media, uh, the you know, financial media plays off of it. But again, it's when you and you've, you and I have talked about this for like 20 years now. Interest rates, inflation, corporate profits. That's what's what's really driving the market. The rest of the headlines is noise. Yeah. And, and so when you look at those three engines now, and you try to compartmentalize those where they are, you know, in relation to bear, bull, or neutral, you kind of come up with, you know, interest rates are, 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 are pretty firmly in the negative camp right now. Um, hopefully that won't be the case if they start rolling over and they start coming back. But you would have to put interest rates probably on the negative ledger. Corporate profits are still not bad. And, and so you would have those at minimum neutral tilting toward toward bull, bullish. And then finally, inflation, though probably higher than the Fed and everybody wants, has been trending lower. And, and the big area of inflation that I focus on, wage inflation, has been trending lower. We, we, you know, wage inflation is now firmly under 5% and in some cases under 4%. So, you know, the absolute number might be still on the higher side. But I think when, when you look at the trend, the trend certainly, worst case, is neutral and could be tilting a, le a little bit more toward the bullish side of things if, if the trend can continue. So, you know, when you add those things up, it doesn't add up to a doomsday scenario for stocks. It, it does kind of add up to a, you know, kind of a choppy, sloppy, volatile market like we've seen. But the good news is, you know, the, you know, the, the market's already discounted a lot of this, I think, in the fact that, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down about 9% from its it's recent high. You've got the Dow Jones transportation average down about 18% from its recent high. And you've got, you know, similar declines in the 10 to 12% range in, in the S&P 500 and, and the, the Russell 2000 small cap. So, you know, we've had a pretty good correction here. And we've had a correction that is stretching kind of the outer limits of what you tend to see during bull markets, which is why that I, I think that if, in fact, this is a bonafide bull market, um, you know, we're going to, stocks are going to stop going down here very shortly. And maybe, you know, we're seeing the beginnings of a, a legitimate rally happening now here with the last two days. And then one other thing I wanted to touch on, on the interest rate side of things as well, and you kind of mentioned this as well, those higher interest rates and being able to get a decent yield at really virtually no risk, that is an impact. And, and I just want you to kind of explain that dynamic because now folks can get 
interest rates, uh, a, a nice yield, a good interest rate, at, you know, at virtually no risk, where before when interest rates were near zero, I, I mean, get any kind of yield, you really had to stretch the risk out. I just wanted you to touch on that real quick. Right. You, you know, your listeners probably heard that, that phrase, Tina, during the, the rip-running bull markets that we had, TINA. And TINA stood for there is no alternative, and there is no alternative stocks, T-I-N-A. Um, with interest rates at, in the 5% range, and you can get I have a money market fund with virtually very little to no risk and earn 5%. You can buy a, you know, a, a two-year treasury at 5% and, and have virtually no risk there. Um, you know, Tina is no longer there. There is an alternative to stocks, at least in people's minds, and and thus, you know, that is providing competition for dollars. I mean, at the end of the day, all of us have only so much money to save and or invest, and we have to make decisions. And the decision to put money into the stock market's easy when you're getting nothing on your cash or at the bank in your savings account or CD that decision becomes a little bit more when there are alternatives out there, which there are today. So that's really, you know, interest rates also matter in terms of, you know, a company's cost of capital uh, going up. And, you know, for companies that require a lot of borrowing to fund their operations, uh, you know, their cost of capital is, their, their cost of debt is going to increase, which erodes corporate profits, et cetera. But, the, you know, in my mind, the biggest and cleanest linkage between interest rates and the stock market is this notion of creating alternatives to stocks. And and right now there are alternatives to stocks because of where interest rates are. All right. We're going to talk about the Dow theory, where things are headed. And I'm going to even uh, hit up Chuck for a couple uh, picks off his upside stocks list, but we're going to take a quick break, but be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. If that's an option for you, and as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops, we drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Chuck after the break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter. And you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. We'll hit Chuck up with a couple picks from the UpsideStocks.com list here in a second. But uh, Dow Theory, we've only been talking about it. You and I have been talking about it for 20 years uh, on the Gains Podcast 3 now. Uh, it is still bullish. And we kind of were hitting on a couple of things earlier. We mentioned how the Dow Theory is is bullish um, we're hitting, heading into a, a seasonally strong period for stocks. Um, you know, some good things uh, beyond the global concerns and some of the issues and, and the, the higher interest rates. So I just wanted to kind of pick up there. Let's talk Dow theory, because uh, that's something that we always go to. And and when it turned, I, I like I'm sure a lot of gains uh, listeners deployed some dry powder. And, and I've been... Uh, also continuing the buying on the dips here because I know that these dips are part of a a broader bullish market, at least according to the Dow theory. So let's just kind of take off uh, a pickup there, Chuck, as far as where we've been, where we're going, and, and kind of uh, what the play has been with the Dow theory. Well, yeah, I mean, it, to be honest with you, this, this Dow theory bull market signal hasn't felt really like a bull market signal because we had that we had a, a, a Dow theory bull market signal and and by the way it was a pretty clear signal there wasn't any ambiguity there for at least from our standpoint I mean you had you had the market doing exactly what it needs to do both the Dow industrials and the Dow Jones transportation average to generate a bull market signal so it was a pretty solid signal you know all things given um, and then the market did have a very brief rally, and then it started this descent, this correction that, that we are having now. And you predicted uh, that real quick. I'm sorry, but I got to jump in there. You predicted that move right at the top. So I'm just giving you props there. Yes, it did. Okay. The, 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 the Dow theory did turn bullish, and you said we're going to have a little a quick run. But you said you even mentioned that it takes a lot of steam to get up here to break through. We're going to see a pullback after probably, and that's exactly what happened. Go ahead, picked up. I yeah, just wanted to give you the props. Well, I, okay, and I'll I'll take the props there. I just hope the Dow Theory doesn't decide to make me look too bad. And again, you know, this gets back to the notion, and we've talked about it before. The Dow, there isn't a perfect market timing tool out there, and the Dow Theory has a pretty good record, um, and it has a, has done an excellent job for the forty years plus I've been following it to give you a perspective on the market. But it's not perfect. We, we are now, you know, I thought we would have a correction. We have certainly had a correction. That corrections typically in bull markets can last anywhere from three weeks to three months. We are approaching the three-month time limit. These corrections can pull back one-third to two-thirds of the previous advance. We have pulled back now close to the two-thirds advance. So we are reaching kind of the, 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 you know, stretching the outer limits of what a traditional correction within a bull market is. And that's why if, in fact, the Dow theory does get it right this time. Um, 
you know, this market should stop going down very shortly, um, if not now, and start to move higher. If if we start to see the market continually setting a series now of new lows, and I'll, I'll shoot you some points here in a moment, Andy, it would really kind of cast out on, on the bull market signal that was given here, you know, a, a, a couple of months ago. So, you know, for, we're at a little bit of a pivot point here that um, – that you know, for the Dow theory to kind of prove its metal, we need it. We need this market to start to 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 move higher in a in a trending way. It doesn't have to do it every single day, but we need to have the market kind of hold its ground here on on some lows. And and I might as well give you some some lows that that I think are important here. Yeah, yeah. Touch on those lows. Hey, real quick for the gains listener, go grab a pen. We're going to take these levels down. Um, these are key lows that we're watching with the Dow theory. If you followed us all along the way, you know, there's, there's certain levels that we watch. Um, Chuck's going to give you some lows here to keep an eye on in both the, uh, uh, industrials, the Dow, you know, the, the big index, but also the transports. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. So, and these are, these are fairly recent. These are the ones that were established last, last Friday that I would, I would really not like to see these lows taken out from a Dow theory perspective. And that, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, these are the October 27th closing low of 32,417. That's 32,417. And in the transports, it's the, the October 27th closing low of 13,556. So let me repeat those. In the industrials, it's 32,417. And in the transports, it's 13,556. Um, I, I would, you know, again, it, it, it would, it just, it would not be a positive for the market if those lows get taken out because it would just continue this downward trend beyond points that w- would I, I would feel would kind of exceed what I would typically see during a bull market correction, and it would start to make me kind of think that perhaps we're we're into something a little bit more severe than a simple correction here. So those are the points. Uh, again, you know, the, 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 the biggest bogeyman for the market continues to be interest rates. And, and quite frankly, you know, Dow theory or no Dow theory, I mean, if rates continue to escalate at the levels that they have been doing over the last two months, um, that's, gonna, that's just going to overpower the market, quite frankly, because it's just going to give increasing alternatives to stocks. So, you know the the key from our standpoint here, in in terms of this market being ability, making the ability to, to kind of take a stand at those points is what's what's going to happen to interest rates. And and uh, again, I think that you know we've seen at least a peak, or if not very close to a peak, or the market is discounting a peak here in those interest rates. And and we'll see whether the the Dow theory made that call correctly or or not. And and again. You know, I, I go back to the fact, you know, I've been doing this for over 40 years, Andy, and, and you know, if nothing, I'm, I'm pragmatic and understand that, you know, you, nothing is perfect. And if if you, something happens that goes against a thesis, a smart investor will recognize that and kind of, you know, swallow the bitter pill and, and, and kind of make the, the needed direction, needed changes. And and kind of move on. And that's one of the reasons, and we've talked about this a lot on your show, why, you know, we are not all or nothing market timers, because it's, um, you know, the the risk of getting it wrong and getting it wrong in such a big way, uh, 
you know, it, it, that can be very punitive to your investment portfolio. So we try to make adjustments at the margins um, based on the perceptions of the Dow theory and based on other valuation and sentiment indicators and, and do that. But, you know, we'll be the first to admit that if, if, if the market goes against our thesis, we'll, we'll react accordingly to it. But, but we're not there yet. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, one of the things that market corrections are supposed to do is scare the heck out of you, right? That's how you get rid of the froth and the, the excesses. It's just like scare the, scare the heck well, out of you. Well, you make all your hay when you hold your nose and buy stocks. And it's usually the money is made when you're buying things and you're not necessarily comfortable buying them. But another factor, though, in this is, Chuck, how often do we see where the Dow theory is wrong? And and, and yeah, eventually it'll it'll shift back to negative if it is, and and then we would take it at that. I'm pretty convinced. Just I'm pretty convinced we're going to hold here. But how often has um has the Dow theory been wrong in a situation like this? You know, the, the, I would say you know in the, the the forty plus years that I've been following the Dow theory, and the one thing about the Dow theory is it typically gives you, you know, and that's the other thing that I feel pretty good about in terms of the Dow theory getting it right this time is that when the Dow theory does give you a signal, the signals typically are lasting more than two months. In other words, you know, the Dow theory is great for not whips on you where you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in and out, you know, this week, this month and so forth. So, you know, there haven't been, you know, a, 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 a ton of market turns in the 40 plus years that I've been doing this where, the Dow theory has just been flat out wrong. I probably could count them on one hand or, or maybe on three fingers. So, um, you know, so we'll see. Uh, I, I, again, I, I like the, I like its track record. I, I like the fact of the setup here, which I think favors, favors the market, uh, where you have just, you know, awful investor sentiment. You've got valuations that I think are, are back in order. You've got a seasonally strong period of the market. Um, and so I think there is a decent setup for the market. And we've had a correction that, you know, to this point is not, you know, too crazy relative to what you expect corrections to be. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know, the wild card here, and I think I said this several months ago, Andy, maybe even 18 months ago. The one thing that did, that, that this time was different, and you always fear those words, was... You know, we had been investing in a market environment for probably 30 years to 35 years where inflation wasn't a factor at all. I mean, you had bull markets and bear markets, but you never had a bear market where inflation was a factor. Um, now, you know, in the last 24 months, inflation is something that really a lot of market participants have never had to deal with. So, so this time could be different, and we'll see, you know. And, and if it is, you know, the markets will tell us that. The Dow Industrials will tell us that. The transports will tell us that by continuing to, to, to eclipse these lows. And, uh, you know, and we'll act accordingly. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, it's only two days, but, you know, these were, these were a good two days today. It was interesting. I was looking to see what kind of follow-through we would get on yesterday's move. And the market started out a little shaky, and then some strength came in, and and um, you know we ha we had a decent day. So let's let's see how you know, the next three or four days um, fare out, the next three or four trading days, and see if we get a follow through here, and 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 you know.
or into November, and and we'll see how it goes. I was encouraged today, as as you mentioned, that you know often when you have that big up day, you'll at least the next day you'll see the market give back at least half of yeah. what it was up the previous day. We followed up with another day and um, another day of 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 an uptrade. You know, with the Dow up well over a hundred points and the others following suit. Um, now it's time to look at some individual stocks. You know, I, I hype the upsidestocks.com list. You got to check out the website, upsidestocks.com. We always pick Chuck's brain and, and have him pull some, some goodies off the list. So that's what I'm going to do today, Chuck. I'm going to have you reach over to that upsidestocks.com list and uh, give us Give the gains listeners a little love here. Give us a nugget or two, something we we, we should take a look at, and we, you know. Sure. Here's a stock. Here's a stock that I can almost assure you that nobody in your listening audience knows anything about. Um, so it is a undiscovered gem, and it's Esquire Financial. E S Q is the symbol. Stock trades in the mid 40s, I believe, uh, and it's a bank. And people go bank and hold their nose and go, you got to be nuts. I'm not buying a bank. Well, it's an interesting kind of bank. They do a lot of, well, for example, one of their biggest lines of business is providing capital for law firms. And if you think about that, it's like, well, what do law firms need capital for? Well, law firms need capital for a number of reasons, to fund ongoing cases that they may be, um, that they may have taken on, uh, you know, on, on, uh, uh, What's the term I'm looking for? Where they they take a case, they don't get paid unless they win, um, and they get a portion of those winnings. But some of those cases require a lot of upfront legwork, a lot of upfront expense, um, and before there's a, a verdict given, and they can use Esquire to help fund that. Esquire may fund a, a situation where uh, there is a, a court mandated uh, reward for a client but that hasn't come through. So they may provide bridge loans. So they do a lot of interesting things with law firms that, you know, have nothing to do with owning an office building that's underwater now because of the price of the office building. So they don't do much in the way of property loans and things like that. So it's a a very kind of niche oriented business in the financial services. They just came out with earnings a couple of days ago. They were, they were solid, very good. The stock gets painted in with kind of these regional bank issues that aren't really issued for it. And uh, it's, it's a nice play if somebody wants a, a small bank in their portfolio that has a really strong niche and they get a little bit of a dividend. Dividend yield is a little over 1%, but it's a, it's probably my favorite small cap bank right now. It's Esquire Financial. The symbol is ESQ. And, you know, lending to law firms who are, are- – or use it, I guess it's like a contingency fee arrangement type kind of situation. I, I was blanking on that word contingency. I think it's con- yeah. So yeah. you know that's that's totally different than loaning to a small business or yeah. or you know. So that's I, I could I totally see where you're coming from there, and it, they you, they pretty much dominate that space as well. And it's just a different level of risk. You said the ticker on that was. E is in Edward, Sam is, or S is in Sam, Q is in Queen, ESQ. All right, what else you got for us? Okay, let's see here. One Another stock, and I mentioned it a few times, and I'm, I've continued to be impressed with its resiliency uh, in the face of a lot of other tech stocks getting getting beaten up here, is, and it, the company is called Dropbox. The symbol is D, 
BX, David Boyd Xavier, DBX, trades in the high 20s. Uh, Dropbox does kind of collaborative software platforms. So what that means is like you and I work at a company, Andy, or, or maybe you and I are just kind of um, collaborating on a screenplay or something, and they provide a, a platform where we can share our work together and collaborate and make adjustments and changes and so forth on our, on our work. And, uh, you know, this obviously is a, uh, was, was a, was a play on kind of the hybrid working model where people are working from home um, as well as in the office um, and not just working, but, you know, collaborating with other individuals, maybe on projects and things like that. And uh, the company's earnings have hung in there pretty well. And the stock price has hung in there pretty well. And in environments where, you know, you have a, a, a company whose stock price is showing the kind of resiliency that Dropbox is when a lot of the competitors and a lot of other companies in the, in the tech sector are not, you know, I, I kind of respect that. And, and I think, you know, I feel comfortable that, you know, when things do turn around for the market, that this is a stock that investors are going to move into um, because of that resiliency. So, the stock seems to be in what I call strong hands, where people are willing to hold on to it. You don't have much selling. And, uh, you know, all in all, I, I kind of like the chances of this company, um, you know, breaking out here if, as the market improves. And that's Dropbox. The symbol, again, is DBX, and it trades in the upper in the upper 20s. David Bob Xerox, DBX. And you know what? That was a WBBM noon business hour stock picker uh, suggestion you gave. And at the time, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was kind of kind of close to 20 bucks. That was just a couple months ago. So it's 2630. I mean, this the stock has held up really well, even a little bit higher than when we initially talked about it. So again, DBX Dropbox. Do you have one more as we uh, are kind of starting to wrap up uh, today's convo? Uh, sure. Uh, a stock that has pulled back uh, after posting really strong results is uh, Jable. The symbol is J, B as in boy, L, J-B-L. And Jable does um, kind of contract manufacturing for electronics firms. So if you want, you know, you want something built, you'll you'll hire Jable to you'll give them the design and the specs, and 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 they'll go build it. And it's kind of an interesting play. You know, you have a lot of companies that are looking for other places to outsource manufacturing, other than in you know Taiwan and some of those areas where you know China China hangs over them pretty heavily, and and you don't know what's going to happen there. So, you know that that kind of insourcing, I guess they call it, where you're, you're, you're working with people that are in, in, in the United States to, to do manufacturing for you, people are starting to consider more and more, and Jable provides that for them. That's JBL. So it's a nice play on a trend. Stock had, had a nice quarter here. Uh, it has pulled back in line with the market, and I think you can get a pretty good entry point in that stock right now. That's JBL. All right. Well, I appreciate those uh those three picks from the UpsideStocks.com list. Now, we've covered a ton of ground. We talked about the setup. We talked about the Dow theory, where things are possibly going. Even we got levels. You gave us picks. So a ton of ground covered today, and I really appreciate it. So let's wrap it all up here, Chuck. What is the takeaway from today's convo? 
we're at an inflection point in the market. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, the, the correction in the market is is run its course or is very close to running its course. Uh, we'll have a better idea of that over the next couple of weeks if those lows of last week can hold, and we're moving into a seasonally, a reasonably seasonally strong period for the market. So I think the setup here bodes well for stocks moving toward the end of the year. Chuck, I got to tell you, despite the headwinds, I'm fairly bullish on the market right now. So we'll see what happens. All right, big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. And check out his website. We got a couple picks from it today, upsidestocks.com. All right, that wraps up today's Gains Podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. 